Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer. And today on the podcast, we are talking midterms, specifically those hot midterm races, those house races in California that people have been hearing about for more than a year. My guest is the big man, John Wildermuth, the veteran Chronicle political writer, my colleague in crime here at the Chronicle. He just spent a lot of time in Orange County, which is the center of the political universe. Yes, believe it. And I just spent some time in the Central Valley, specifically places like Turlock and Modesto and Manteca, which is getting a ton of political attention right now. We talk about the midterms next on It's All Political. John Wildermuth, welcome back to It's All Political. Always a pleasure, Joe. (laughs) The big man is in the house. We've spent the last several days uh, in California, in parts of California where there are hotly contested House races, House races that could flip the Congress to the Democrats or leave it in the hands of the Republicans. Yeah, it's a reminder that the uh, world doesn't end at the Bay Area borders. <laughs> in fact, we're largely irrelevant in this in this uh, <laughs> in the house races. You were in Southern California in Orange County. Tell us uh, where you were first of all. Uh, I was in Orange County for 3 days uh, last week uh, all around and uh, there's four congressional districts that uh, where Hillary Clinton actually won a majority in 2016, and they are held by Republicans, and they are uh, Democrats are looking to flip them. So I was in Irvine, Costa Mesa, Fullerton, uh, Yorba Linda, the whole round robin of uh, beautiful Southern California and Orange County. Excellent. And I was in the Central Valley. I was specifically in the uh, district that is represented by Jeff Denham, He's a four-term congressman there, and I was in the uh, lovely confines of Turlock and Modesto and Banta, which I didn't even know where that was. That it was it's kind of near, near Tracy, and uh, and Manteca and places like that. Uh, okay, so let's get right to it. What of these four districts that you're down there checking out, which ones are the most flippable and which ones are the least flippable? Probably the ones that the Republicans are most likely to lose is California 49. And that's a, it's now an, going to be an open seat. It's currently held by uh, Republican Daryl Issa, but he announced his retirement. He especially announced his retirement uh, after uh, winning re-election by just a couple thousand votes last time. Yeah. Probably decided it wasn't worth making a try. But that's a, uh, that's a district that straddles the Orange County-San Diego County border. And uh, Mike Levin is the Democrat running uh, against Diane Harkey, who's a member of the uh, State Board of Equalization. And uh, it hasn't gone well for Harkey. Uh, She doesn't have the money that Levin has, doesn't have the backing. And uh, you'd like to say that the Republican Party has pulled their support for her, but they never had it there in the first place. (laughs) They pulled zero. They They pulled zero. They they didn't even invest. That looks like a, a pretty good Democratic pickup. Uh, the other districts, uh, there's, uh, Har- Harley Rota's the Democrat running against a long time, uh, long time Republican uh, member, 15 term, uh, uh, Dana Rohrbacher, uh, and that's the coastal, uh, runs all down the coast of, uh, Orange County. Uh, then 
What's that one look like? Do you think that uh, that Buda one can pull that out? The, the poles are they're pretty tight now. It's an interesting race because uh, Rohrbacher is one of a kind. I mean, oh, I yeah. did. Uh, I went to an event he had with uh, senior citizens bust, bust in from what used to be Leisure World uh, to a cannabis dispensary in uh, Santa Ana, where they could look and. <laughs> at their vaporizers and teas and everything else. And he stood up and shook everybody's hands and told them why marijuana should be l- totally legalized in California. He's been which, out. He was out front on marijuana when <clears> it wasn't cool. He has been there for a long time. On the other hand, he's also, uh, tons of stuff, uh, involved in the Russian investigation purportedly, uh, Putin and the Russians have their own code name for him. And he's, uh, a one of a kind, person yeah and surfer is a surfer, surfer yes, yes. who's he's, also in favor of uh, oil rigs off the coast which yeah. would hurt the surfing somewhat he's a bundle of contradictions isn't he, he is and uh he's running against harley rota who's a uh, wealthy former uh, real estate uh investor and uh what's he like as a candidate does he have any kind of charisma yeah rota has a lot of charisma he's a salesman uh like he's got a good look to him he's a former republican who said he turned independent because he didn't agree with the party and he gets out there. But the problem is, is that, you know, Dan, uh, Rohrbacher has been there for 15 terms, 30 years. He grew up in the area. He's known in the area. And a lot of people there are going to find it hard to vote against him. He wins. When I was down there last year, he, he wins like by double digits. He doesn't even just win. He wins like, he's like Barbara Lee winning, you know, like by like 10 to 15 points every time. Yeah. The problem he's got though, is that he's always won that way and has never really faced a hard race. And he hasn't raised and, money before. And this one is a very hard race and he is being outraised by the max. He hasn't taken in much money and it's just a matter of, you know, who shows up on election day on this no. one. Are there the Democrats in that district to win? Would it be the Democrats and Democrats and independents? There are, are not there? enough Democrats to win anything mm-hmm. in Orange County. However, what's been changing a lot in the county is uh, non-part, no party preference voters, declined estates, independents. A lot of the voters, and especially a lot of the young voters, are moving into that in saying, in not so many words, a plague on both your parties. Mm-hmm. And these, uh, there was a uh, blog post by uh, Mark Baldessari the other day in uh, the uh, PPIC, the uh, Public Policy Institute of California. And what he said is that uh, these numbers are going berserk as far as decline to state voters go. And that these are, in many cases, Democrat-leaning voters. Certainly, again, uh, those all those four districts went for Hillary. And Orange County itself went for uh, Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. There hasn't been a person on the top of the ticket in 20 years, uh, a Republican on the top of the ticket they haven't voted for. The last time they voted for a Republican, for a Democrat in a presidential race was Franklin Roosevelt in 1936. Ooh, wow. So it's a sea change in that county right now. But it's still, it's still, a, we'll, we'll hit the other races in a second, but Orange County is still, what you found, is a fundamentally conservative place. I mean, it's it's still a place like on statewide ballot measures. They, you know, on on stuff like plastic bag bans. They, you know, they don't go for all this Bay Area. Stuff. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's still a conservative a lot place of conservative, correct? A lot of conservative people, sure. But again, you know, this isn't your grandfather's Orange County. I mean, if you look since in just the past, you know, since two thousand, 
uh, the number of uh, Republicans has dropped from 49% to 36%. While the Democrats have gone up a couple of notches, no party preference has gone from 14 to 27. But the other thing, if you look at this stuff, is the demographics. Uh, white, the number of whites in the county oh, since between 2000 and 2017 has dropped from 51% to 41%. Latinos have gone up from 31 to 34 percent. Asians from 14 to 21 percent. These are younger voters. They're in many cases, you know, first time or second time voters, and they are not the the sort of Midwest transplants that made Orange County grow. <clears throat> and these uh, voters of color, these new voters of <clears throat> color, are they predominantly voting for Democrats? They are predominantly voting for Democrats. They are. Uh, <clears throat> Sure, you get the uh, the people that came over, the Vietnamese uh, that came over with the boat people in the early 70s or late 70s. In many cases, they were strongly anti-communist, and that brought them directly to the Republican Party. But Democrats in the county are pretty much like Democrats in the rest of the or I'm sorry, Latinos in the county are pretty much like Latinos in the rest of the state. Yeah. They, they, tra- they trend Democratic. The newer Asian voters also trend Democratic. Uh, younger voters trend Democratic. It's tough times for the Republicans statewide and also in Orange County. And those, uh, for example, those first uh, generation Vietnamese voters may have been anti-communist and and hardline Republican, but their kids are not. Their kids, to a large extent, have forgotten the Vietnam War, like all kids their age yeah. and such. So the stuff that was really important to their folks isn't as important to them. So we have two other uh, races in Orange County that you were checking out down there. One involves, uh, it, it's, an, it's another open seat. Um, uh, and tell us about that. Uh, Gil Cisneros, a Democrat, versus uh, Young Kim, a Republican, former state assemblywoman. That's the 39th district, and it's way up in the northern part of the uh, part of the county. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fullerton area, Yorba Linda, places like that. Uh, interestingly, it was Ed Royce was the congressman from there for years, a Republican, and he retired uh, this year also because one reason is, like everybody else, he knew he was going to face a tough race, and who needs it? Right. Young Kim was a uh, an assemblywoman for two years and then lost in 2016. But the real key here is that for 20 years, she was uh, an aide to Royce and worked in his office in, uh, in the county. She knows everybody. Everybody knows her. And uh, it's one of those districts where uh, the... Per, uh, Gil Cisneros, who's running the Democrat running against her, is trying to tie her de- desperately to Trump. Uh, people are there are saying that she's Trump's apprentice. Everything she's always done has been like him. She would be a instant vote for him. Whereas when you talk to her, she said, "This election is local. People know me. They know I want to do good things for this district. I've been in here a long time, and you know it's about the stuff that." we can get, not about the national issues or not about Trump. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. What do you think, uh, what, what's your call on that one? Do you think that, that Young Kim pulls that out? Uh, I think probably she does, but the wild card there and the wild card everyone out, everywhere else is who shows up on election day. Mm-hmm. The Democrats are working to get in the what they call the occasional voters, the ones that typically only show up on a presidential race. These are renters, they're young people, uh, they're uh, less wealthy people. And if they can get those out, if they can make this turnout a general election turnout and not a midterm turnout, 
they're in good shape. And we're going to sound like a uh, broken record for the next few minutes talking about turnout and who turns out. But that is the case. The, the, the track record in midterm elections is dreadful for, uh, for Democrats in general and specifically for uh, people of color, young voters. Uh, so that's why we keep repeating this, and that's going to be the case all the time. We, we're, we were trying to figure out, as is everyone else, um, is all this enthusiasm we see on uh, on TV and online and everywhere else, and have been writing about, is that actually going to translate into votes? It's a it's a hard one to say. Uh, what the Democrats are hoping is they want would like to make all these elections about Donald Trump, uh, because Donald Trump is you know a very unpopular person in California. I mean, uh, if uh, even in Orange County, you know the numbers are against Trump. So if you can say this person is going to be Donald Trump and a vote for a a vote for a Democrat in a, one of these midterm races is a vote against Donald Trump. Well, that's a good thing. They bring those voters out and they have a real good chance of winning some of these races. However, if it's the same as it always is, you know, midterms go Republican. You have one final race to talk about there, which we haven't covered, which is the, let's see, we, we hit, this uh, would be the 40, 45th uh, congressional district with, where Republican Mimi Walters oh, yes, the Mimi. is the uh, is in there. Again, a f- favorite of the California Democratic Party. Uh, she calls herself uh, sisters, brother and sister, with uh, Kevin McCarthy, the House Majority Leader. Yeah, Will that she's, help her? She's been in, it's, she's a Republican, and it's, she's running as a Republican. What's not going to help her so much is that uh, she has also been a uh, Trump supporter, total Trump supporter. She's also been, uh, is on the wrong side of a lot of environmental issues as far as Democrats are concerned, has actually been in favor of oil drilling off the Orange County coast, uh, which is, you know, one of those things that, uh, that is, crosses party lines to a large extent. She's running, the, uh, the Democrat running against her is Katie Porter, who's a uh, UC Irvine law professor. And what's really interesting is she is a very, very progressive UC Irvine law professor. She's uh, <clears throat> been involved in uh, a lot of consumer uh, consumer actions against the banking industry and, and that. And uh, When Kamala Harris wanted to get the uh, uh, payout from the banks uh, several years ago for the, during the housing crisis, she turned to Katie Porter to, to help her uh, figure out how much the bank should owe, correct? Right. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is okay, maybe, uh, maybe Orange County is ready to elect a Democrat, but are they really ready to elect a progressive Democrat who talks about Medicare for all and everything else like that? Right. And that's a question. Yeah. One of her first endorsements was from uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, which the, the Republicans have just uh, handed who her like she, a, a big Who she worked lead for, anchor. and yeah. that was one of her law school professors was yeah. Elizabeth Warren. And Elizabeth Warren is very, they're very close. So you're not sure if Orange County, they may, may be transitioning to uh, be a more uh, a purple place, but maybe not that blue. Well, what's interesting, though, is that uh, just now, this election, sure, in 2016, but 2018 is a presidential election where Democrats typically do better and typically bring out the people. 2020. Uh, 2020, I'm yeah. sorry. Bring out more people. And beyond that, 2022 is uh, reapportionment. So people are going to be running in new districts that would, to an extent, certainly represent the uh, the changing forces in Orange County. So, if the Democrats win in this this year in November next month, 
they could hold those seats for an awful long time. And what did you sense uh, before we before we move on? Uh, I just wanted uh, a couple of words about where I was in, in the Denham district, and uh, there you have um, you have one of the factors uh, that you're talking about is running against Trump. Uh, Josh Harder, who's a former venture capitalist, he grew up in Turlock. He spent like six months or so in, living in San Francisco, but yet he <laughs> Denham calls him uh, Bay Area Harder. And uh, he says, I don't... San Francisco Democrat. San Francisco Democrat. He, he, uh, Denim is essentially running against San Francisco. You know, if, uh, if everyone's running, you know, trying to tie people to Trump, uh, he's running against San Francisco. They're, the commercials are... Um, one of them features uh, Harder and Nancy Pelosi in a car spewing money out of the back. And so it's all the Bay Area. And he has raised a ton of money from the Bay Area. Uh, um, and... Uh, at the same time, um, uh, Denham has taken this so far that when he was asked at a debate uh, a few weeks ago if he believed that, believed that climate change was man-made, he said, uh, he declined to say that, but he said it was Bay Area-made. <laughs> <laughs> well, Which I was like, come on, dude. You know, you can, you can well, what's interesting is what all these candidates have in common for the Democrats yeah. is that none of them have ever run for office before. Right. These are all, these are all rookies. You know, the argument and what they're saying, if you ask them, they all spew the party line, which is after the 2016 election, I realized I had to get involved and everything. But they're also looking at the part that uh, poll after poll after poll, incumbents aren't popular. People do not like the way government is going, Republicans and Democrats alike. And they won't say, let's see new blood. That's what brought Trump in, as a matter of fact. And there's no... Nothing to indicate that uh, people have changed their views. Right. The, the, you know, i am always been dubious about people who never had previous uh, office-holding experience. Maybe not so much for, for a House seat, but, you know, when you get the Senate and certainly running for president or governor, you'd, you'd want to see someone who knows the business so at some level. But that's out the window now. And what, this is going to be a real test to see if, you know, uh, it's sort of another... Um, uh, effect of the Trump presidency. Well, just one other thing to add is they may be rookies at running for office, but they have just raised absolutely amazing amounts in, oh God, of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, one race we haven't talked about, Andrew Jantz, who's uh, running in the Fresno area yes. against uh, Republican Devin Nunes, has raised more than $4 million. And that's an incredible amount for any congressional race. And it's even more for a race where he is the longest of long shots to uh, take out a very popular uh, Republican. Yeah, I wanted to make a quick note of um, races we're not discussing here and we're not going to be writing about because they look less uh, flippable, should we say. Yes. One of them would be the Jans-Nunes race. Another would be the uh, Valadeo-TJ Cox race where the Democrats have pulled money from that. And the other one is the... um, uh, 50th then uh, with Duncan Hunter, Duncan Republican Hunter Duncan Hunter yes. uh, uh, running down there. Even though he's under indictment, it's such a strong Republican district that it's very, very hard for a Democrat to make inroads. And one we haven't mentioned uh, is the 25th congressional district on the very edges of, uh, of uh, the desert areas of Los Angeles County where uh, uh, Democrat Katie Hill is running against Republican Steve Knight. And that should be a very close race. That will again. be a close race. We're not, but we're not writing about this, but, and we're also not writing about Tom McClintock, which he, he looks like he's going to be reelected uh, against Jessica Morris, another first-time candidate. Um, 
And so we were, we will not be discussing those. <laughs> and if they come in and win, well, well, we're, we'll be eating we'll, crow yes. right here. <laughs> um, okay. So what did you see? You know, we, we've heard about all this, this grassroots energy. I certainly saw it in, um, in Turlock, of all places, uh, 369 people uh, gathering for just one of the uh, uh, canvassing uh, expeditions going on there. This is a lot of the, the swing left, the local groups, um, uh, the Democratic Party, all these people. There was tons of volunteers there to go knock on doors in, in Turlock. And again, uh, many of these people, as uh, Congressman Denham would be fond of pointing out, were from the Bay Area. What did you see in, in Orange County in, in terms of like that kind of grassroots energy? Well, what you certainly saw were a lot of young people. Uh, in uh, I went to uh, rallies and uh, by Cisneros and Katie Porter, and uh, they had a lot of young people there, a lot of them working phones. Uh, it wasn't a, uh, wasn't a walk day, mm-hmm. but a lot of them were phones. A lot of them were doing the work that needs to be done around the headquarters. You on... I was at a Rohrbacher event, and what he had, at this one at least, was a storefront in Laguna Niguel, but he had the head that's of a, the... That's a, that's a pricey storefront. That's a pricey <laughs> storefront. Uh, but what he had was uh, the head of the uh, Republican National Committee. He had Jim Brulte, the head of the uh, state Republican Party, and a lot of leaders like that. But when you looked inside... It was a lot older crew, mm. a lot of people that had been doing this for a long time, a lot of what you would call old Orange County. Mm. And, you know, no, not, in other words, old white people. Mostly old white people. Yes. Yeah. Though I, I don't like the old, say older. I, okay, older. Mature. Yes, mature. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I but again, <laughs> it was a very different vibe. And it was a, they were making the calls, sure, and everything else like that. But it just felt different. It felt very much like the sort of stuff you'd seen in years before. Mm, mm. Um, and they, uh, it, so it wasn't the same busload that went to the dispensary. They didn't take them back after that to make calls. That they would, didn't. Uh, they, that would, that Most, would actually be some, some good calls. <laughs> be one call for one, someone would stay on a call for like hours. Just one person. Just, just chatting. Just chatting. <laughs> All right. If you had to, uh, this is one of the final weeks of, um, oh, by the way, we, there's a, a good time to plug our stories that we'll be running in um, Sunday's, Sunday's, paper. Sunday's Chronicle. Um, and uh, so after that, uh, after those stories appear, there'll be one weekend left before Election Day. If you were to make one, suggest people make one road trip, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, where would you go? to affect change in a House race in I, 2018? Republican or Democrat, I think I would uh, s- send them to Jeff Denham's district down in, uh, down in the uh, Central trip, Valley. Road trip to Modesto. Absolutely, because you know that's one thing where turnout is absolutely going to shape it. I mean, two years ago, he ran a close race against a candidate that wasn't as well-funded and right. in a situation that wasn't as Democrat-leaning as it is today. So it's one they definitely have to hang on to. Now, remember, one thing we haven't mentioned is that uh, the reason this is important is because if Democrats can turn 23 seats anywhere in the United States, anywhere across the country, they take control of the House and they make Donald Trump's life miserable for the next two years with investigations and everything else. If Republicans can hold them to even one less than that, 22 They've still got control. 
So every single one of these races is make or break for the parties. So if I'm a Democrat or if I'm a Republican that wants wants to make a change and wants to do something, you have to go out and uh, try and knock on doors and everything else. So if you're a betting man, and I know you are, you are a, <laughs> a horse player sends parallel. Um, if you, how many seats would you bet? What's the over under? We'll go with the we'll go with uh, gambling terms. What's the over under on seats that Democrats will flip in California towards those twenty three? I'd say two. I would, uh, I would agree with you. Two, and if it was three or if it was one, it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, that when talk their talk is about well, we have seven seats that we're going to take and maybe three others. That would that would be a change. Yes. But that that seems a change that likely isn't going to happen. Right. I think the the person making that change might have been at the dispensary with Dana. (laughs) (laughs) All right, big man. Thank you so much for being on. Always a pleasure. We will we will see uh, we will return again election night. I'm sure in this in this small room with uh, 17 people around the table and And talking about how we were wrong. How and talking about how we were wrong. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. And, and you got some travel tips about where to go on your, your weekend adventure to Canvas. I'd like to thank the big man, John Wildermuth, for being my guest today. I'd like to thank Fernanda Diaz, the Chronicle's managing editor for digital, for producing this podcast. Because whether you're in Modesto or Yorba Linda, it's all political. <laughs>